This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. He is so good. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us and your love to us. I just want to say to Kim, you know, when he said, you know, it, being in the house, you know, uh, it's, it's a filling station. You know, you out there, like he said, with the world, dealing with people, and we're supposed to. We're supposed to take what we get in here, what we get from our time with God, and go give it out. But you got to get filled up. I mean, you can't just be giving and giving and giving without filling and filling and filling. And this is one of the filling stations. You know how they say with them, you know, it's kind of funny. This is, this is just extra. You know, this is just extra here. But, you know, they're, they're talking about these new electric cars, but you can't go but so far on them daggum electric cars. You know, then you've got to stop and find one of them little things to plug into and stay there for about 30, 45 minutes and get filled up so you can go another couple of hundred miles, whatever it is. You know, but isn't that a picture of us? Really and truly. You know, we can't, we can just only go so far without getting something, getting filled up by Jesus and, and his people. You know, we, we are one with another, aren't we? I mean, you know, can you imagine me trying to walk around without feet, you know, or, or do something without my hands? And we're the body of Christ, and we make up all of those parts, and we need each other. And coming together is so important, and I appreciate that from Kim, what he had to say, because it's very, very true. Hallelujah. I want to just real quick just say thank you to our pastors for um, all that they are and all they do, and then for entrusting um, us to sit in their stead. What an honor and a very humbling thing it is. I don't take it lightly, this opportunity to share something that's going on in in my life and what I and what the Lord is showing me and I just appreciate I can't say enough how much I love and appreciate our pastors they're they're just genuine people and and Kim said that it's hard for you to get that out there it's hard for you to get um, that if you're just staying out there in media land somewhere out at your home you got to come and experience that one-on-one. You know, if all you did was text somebody, or you know, you're really not getting into relationship with them. So I want to encourage you, if you ha- don't have a church, or if you have been just staying out there because whatever, come on back. It's time to come back. It's time to come in and be blessed by, by your family, the real family. And then I also want to say something. I want to say a shout-out to Pastor Ron, my husband, of uh, 42 years. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, this this morning. We pastored for several years, and um, Ron is a kind of a one-man-can-do-it-all kind of person, you know. He can play, he can sing, he can preach, he can do, you know, and, and how much I was thinking this morning that, you know, it, especially when we pastored our church, he played, he led worship, um, and then he would preach. And how... Uh, how much responsibility was on his shoulders for that. 
And I was feeling that a little bit morning. I got, I got to get the grandbabies got to get here this morning, and I got to get ready, and I got to get, get my mind in gear and get everything all going, and I got to get ready for worship, and I got to, you know, and then I got to be ready to preach. And I thought, well, Ron used to do this every Sunday. Phew. You know, and what a wonderful job he did, and I love him very much, and the man he is. And um, so... Um, I just let's just have a word of prayer real quick. Father, we just thank you for this time together, for this time to open your word and learn of you. Oh, what an honor and a privilege it is to open these pages and to share in relationship with you and with one another. I ask you for your blessing. I ask you that my words would be your words. They would be one and the same. And that they would do what they're set in your heart to do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, <clears throat> when uh, It's funny that, you know, Pastor Sandy let us know. I think it was the beginning. No, it was towards the end of last week. And um, I wasn't sure if we were going to d- be able to have the last song ready to do this Sunday. But it worked out. And my message this morning is um, called Promises. Promises. To, fat, to truths, from promises to truths. And um, I struggled with that uh, title because there was a whole lot of things to way to say it. So it took me till this morning to tell Sonia what it was. <laughs> Bless her heart. But, um, you know, uh, the way we, words matter. Let me start it that way. Words matter. Words make a difference in our lives. If God, and we've heard this over and over again, spoke the world in existence with words, don't you think they matter? And it's not just any words. It's the right words. The right words that mean the right thing, that have the right message so that they can get the right result. Um, I, I can just say anything I want to. But if I want good results, if I want positive results, I need to say the right words. And I need to say the right thing. And I need to have a complete, total understanding of what my words are saying. And, and um, I'm, I'm not Pastor Bruce and Pastor Sandy. Y'all know I like to get up and walk. So I told John, just be ready. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay in one place, but I don't know if I can be able to stay in one place. But... Um, so as I was thinking about that, the Lord, in, in, in conjunction with what I'm going to talk to you, the Lord reminded me of uh, a time when I, the, one of the very first times I got up and ministered in our church back in the early uh, 2000s. Um, he gave me a message, and there was one word in a phrase that we've said many times, and he changed that one word for me. And that one word that he changed made all the difference in how I perceived that, that phrase and how I have moved forward with my life. And this was the phrase, that, and you've all heard it. Leave a legacy. And it's true. It's not that that's not true. We need to leave a legacy. But he changed the word leave to live. Live a legacy. And it completely changed 
my perception, my perspective of that phrase. Because I don't know about you, but when I think of the word leave, I, I think if that's something that's going to, I'm going to, that, that's something way out there in the future. Yeah. I'm going to leave a legacy when I die. Yeah. I'm going to leave something for, 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 you know, people to see or, or look at or know about me and my life. I'm going to leave it. It's something I'm going to do. I ain't ready to die yet. Something that's going to happen out in the future. But when he told me live a legacy, it brought it right down into the right now. It brought it into the present moment of my life. It made me to see that it was everything I did every day that I was going to leave. But I had to live it first. And if I wanted that legacy to mean anything to anybody and be an example and something that people could follow... I had to live, live it on a day-by-day basis. It just changed. I don't know. Maybe y'all, are, maybe y'all were already there in your thinking, but I wasn't. Maybe I'm a little slower than anybody else. But it just brought it right down to the nitty-gritty of my life, that everything I did in my life, every choice I made, every response that I had to things that were happening to me, that was what I was leaving one day. But I had to live it first before I could leave it in the future. So, it's that kind of thing I'm talking about. So, I want to, that is where I'm going with with what, and I I ask for the Holy Spirit's direction on how he wants me to say this, because I I want you to understand my heart and understand his heart, where he's coming from. If words matter, then our perception of that word matters. What we understand about what those words mean make a difference. If we don't have the right understanding, we're not going to have the right believing, are we? If we don't understand what that word means and what, more, more importantly, what it means to God, what God has to say about that word, then we're not going to believe right. We're going to be believing something that's in error. If we don't have a complete, full understanding of what the words mean. So, I was reading in a devotional, <clears throat> and this was the, the, the phrase that was captioned out of the devotional. And it's from Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. And this was what was pulled out. God who does not lie promised. God, who does not lie, promised. So as I began to think about that phrase, I began to think about the word promise. What is my perception of the word promise? What do I think that word means? When I hear the word promise, what is the thought that comes into my mind? That means everything is what I believe the word means is saying, what, what my perception of it. And I don't know about you, you may have, have already got, arrived at this place. But for me, when I hear about the word promise, and sometimes that hap- this may happen in our understanding because of our experiences. But I want to hear the word promise. It gives me the uh, perception that it's something that hadn't happened yet. It's been promised but I don't have it. 
I don't, I don't know about y'all, but that's been my understanding of the word promise. So as I'm thinking about this, I say, okay, let me, let me get the dictionary out and let me see what um, the dictionary has to say about this word. Promise. This is the uh, Webster's Dictionary. The first meaning is words said, binding a person to do or not to do something. The second meaning, to give one's word. And the third meaning, that which gives hope of success. And the fourth, simply to give hope. So as I thought about that description, that definition, the, uh, I guess, you know, the accepted definition, I, didn't th- I thought, okay, well, I'm not too far off on what I think about the word promise. And maybe some of that is too because, you know, I know that all of you have had somebody promise you something and they didn't come through. They promised to do something. They promised, you know, they were going to give you something. And, and you just never saw the fruition of that. So, you know, that uh, old saying, pie crust promises easily made and easily broken. You know, um, that sometimes can enter into our perception of what God is saying if we're not careful. We bring our natural experience and our natural understanding to the word promise. So what needs to happen to us? What, what, what do we need to happen so that we can have the right understanding of the word promise? Well, in Romans 12.2, the word says, And be not conformed to this world. Way of thinking. Don't be conformed to what somebody else has to say about something. Don't be conformed to a natural definition or natural understanding. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By having your perspectives and your perception changed about what God is saying about what he's trying to say. What he's trying to get to us. Let it, it's got to happen in here. I've got to have a a mind alteration. The mind of Christ needs to set up in me who thought like God. He was just like me and you, but he, he so was in tune in relationship with God the Father that his thought process became God's thought, was God's thought process. His became what God's was. And so we have, he's our example. We have to do the same thing. We've got to have this transformation by the renewing of our minds. How do we get it? By getting into the word, knowing what the word says, understanding what God's trying to get to us. If we don't, then we're never going to get where God wants us to be. We're never going to have what God wants us to have. We're never going to arrive where God wants us to arrive. We're going to always come up short. Now, this is what God's telling me. He's telling me, Kelly, you've got to understand what I mean. You've got to know what I'm trying to say so you can receive what I have for you, so you can walk in what I have for you. He's telling that to all. These are all these thoughts that are going on to me since probably the first part of May. I need to know your mind, Lord. I need to understand what you're trying to tell me. 
renew my mind. Let me have the mind of Christ so that I can understand what you have said about this. If you're, you're, you're God, you don't lie. You've promised. But I don't know about y'all, but I haven't experienced everything yet. Have you? I've got some things that I've been believing for, that I've, I'm looking for, and I haven't seen them yet. They haven't all manifested in my life. But where's the disconnect then? If God said it, he doesn't lie, I hadn't received it yet, there's got to be something going on. And it ain't God. It never is God. We just sang a song. He cannot fail. His word never fails. So where is my disconnect? Where is it where I'm falling short? Where I'm not following through? Where, what is it? And for me, and what I've been feeling in this, he says, you're not understanding what I'm saying to you. You hadn't got it in you. You don't have a clear, full, complete perception and understanding of what I'm trying to say. So that's what we're going to, with God's help, clarify a little bit. I'm going to tell you what he's been telling me, and you take what ministers to you, and if something don't minister, you put it on the shelf. You try it with the word of God. You ask God to reveal to you. Don't take my word for it, because this is what I'm receiving from God, and this is what I feel like God wanted me to share. But you... Get in this word. You ask God to reveal his truth to you. So I I said, okay, Lord. Then the disconnect is with me. I feel like you're telling me I don't have a complete understanding of promise. Of what a promise is. What you're saying when you say your promises. So I need some clarification. I need you to tell me what are you saying when you use the word promises. Give me some truths. Give me something that I can stand, that's going to change, that's going to alter my perception so that I can receive all that you have said is mine. So he began to talk to me about facts. So I said, okay, well, let's look at what facts mean. What does fact mean? Hmm. Webster's Dictionary, and I think he lines up pretty good with God. Thing known to be true. Thing known to have happened. Hallelujah, a fact. A fact. This is what the definition of fact is. A thing known to be true. A thing known to have happened. The second definition What is real? Truth. The third, a thing said or supposed to be true or to have really happened. That's the definition of fact. A thing known to be true. A thing known to have happened. I'm going to tell you something. When I began to look into this and began to understand what God was telling me, I got excited. Because it's changing my perception of God's promises. Now, from fact, you see the word truth in there and true. 
in the definition of fact. So I said, okay, let me look up truth. Truth means that which is true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. Now, after those two definitions, I am going to say to you, this is what God has been saying to me. God who does not lie has said factual truths. Hallelujah! He has, he has said factual truths. You know, that, what, did, what does fact mean? Something that has happened. Something that has been established. It's a truth. And what more factual truths do we have than the word of God who cannot lie? His promises are factual truths. I don't know about y'all, but it's changing my perception. It's changing the way I see what God is trying to say. It's altering my understanding and clarifying some things for me. I have been thinking of this as something, his promises are something way out there in the future that I had got to, I haven't arrived there yet. He's telling me, Kelly, I've already done it. I've already done it. It has already been established. It's already been accomplished. I've already done it. Now, it's already been spoken. It is a fact. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and how, how do we... Okay, once we have this perception that our minds have been altered to think these are, these are factual truths, then what, what's left for me to do? If God's already said it, He's already, he says it's been done. I've already accomplished it. I've already established it. Oh, let me, let me go here first. You're, you're, okay, maybe you're questioning. I, I kind of feel some of y'all are, well, you know, he's already established. He's already done this. But I, I don't see. I don't see that he's already done it. I don't, I don't feel like he's already done it. I don't, I'm not. I'm not experiencing that he's already done it. How do I, what, what, what tells me, what can I, um, what, how can you tell me that he's already done it if I ain't feeling it, seeing it, having it, experiencing it? Hebrews 6, 17 through 19. All of these, I think, are from the NIV, the, the, what I've written down. This, this is what we can have confidence in. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. That's me and you. The heirs of promise. The heirs of everything God has said. The immutability of his counsel. Now, immutability is a big word. But it means unchangeability. It means it's established. It cannot be changed. Nothing can change it. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, 
in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. We might have a strong belief. We might have a firm foundation. We might have an unchangeable know that you know that you know. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that has been set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of our souls, both secure and steadfast. What are the two things he's saying that are immutable, unchangeable? What are those two things? The body of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed. That's immutable, unchangeable, written, established, already done. Hallelujah. Let me say it like this. Here I am, people. Signed, sealed, delivered, it's yours. Written in my blood, yeah. It's been signed, sealed, delivered, it's yours. Broken with my body. Signed, sealed, delivered, it's yours. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. You can't check. It's a fact. It was done at the cross. Hallelujah. It has been signed, sealed, and delivered with a broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How much more firm can you get than that? How much more unchangeable? It's a solid rock you can stand on. You can't change it, Lord God. All that's left for you to do is believe it. Glory to God. Walk in it. Accept it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And watch it be manifested in your life. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Glory to God. Believing. Faith. Faith in this is to recognize God's promises as actual facts. Until you and I, until we recognize promises as actual facts, we'll never be able to grab them and pull them in to where we are right now, into the very circumstances, situation that we're facing. I know all of us are facing things. I'm not pointing fingers at y'all. This is something God's telling me, Kelly, get it, get it, get it. Until you see all that these things as I already done it, It's a done deal. It's written. It's been broken with this body and sealed with his blood. Hallelujah. Until I'm willing to accept that, I'll never experience it. I'll never walk in the fullness of it. I'll always come short. I don't want to come short. Thank you, Jesus. Believing that they are the truth the truth, the unchangeable truth of God. Rejoicing in the knowledge of the truth. Now there's a process here. I'm believing. My mind, my, my understanding, my perception is, been, is being changed. It's being transformed and renewed to think like God. To talk like God. To walk like God. Hallelujah. And then I got my believing, got my believing straightened out. Now I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. I'm now I'm rejoicing in the knowledge. 
of that truth, whatever that truth is, I'm going to rejoice and bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless him for his truth. Bless him for the, tr- uh, the factual truths that he's revealing to me and letting me know that they're unchangeable. Glory to God. And then simply resting because God said it and he does not lie. He said it and he is incapable. It's not that he just does not lie. It's not that he just don't want to lie. He is incapable. He don't, he, he couldn't if he wanted to. He does. I'm telling you what, you get this stuff down on the inside and the sky is the limit. Ain't nothing that you can't have or do in accordance with God's will. In accordance with what he has already written. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. I heard somebody say this one time. Faith is believing that he's done it, so it's done. And then you can't get much slipper on that. Faith is just believing he's done it, so okay. He's done it, so it's done. Isn't it interesting that uh, the word of God says that Jesus ascended and rose, and now he sits down at the right hand of the Father? He sits. You know what sits represents? I'm laid back and I'm resting. I'm, I'm chilling out. I have done my job. I have done what you asked me to do, Father God, and I am resting now. Because why? It's the finished works of Jesus. He said on the cross, it is finished. He went to the grave, to hell, rose again, and he's done. He's done. It's done. So not only does he say that he's there, you know what he said also? We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We sit down with him in what he's done. We sit down with him in what he's accomplished. We sit down with him in the factual truths that he's already done. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. I'm, I'm telling you, there, there is this, uh, and I know there's more layers to this, and I look forward to God pulling more into my conscience understanding so that I can walk this thing completely out. It's a wonderful thing. Our part. is to believe. Believe. Believe in what he has done. What has been done. You know, um, the Old Testament, well, um, let let me finish this. To, you know, you've heard Pastor, first time I ever heard this was when Pastor Bruce said, faith is the, currency of heaven it's the you know whenever you go to the grocery store i don't know y'all have y'all never found out this you can't just go to the grocery store plop your stuff out in the buggy and walk out yeah exactly you can but you might be going someplace you don't want to go you might be headed down to the city jail or somewhere you know if that's what you do so 
um, you have to give an, an exchange. You can't get out of there without exchanging something. I got to get my debit card or my credit card or my cash out and give them something so that I can get what I went into store to get. So faith works the same way. Our believing, our faith is what we exchange for what has already been done. We're not exchanging something for something that hasn't been done. That is just a promise out there that hasn't already been bought and paid for by the body and the blood of Jesus. But we got to do a part. We've got, and that's our part, to say, here's my faith. I believe in your word that it is, Teresa said it this morning, yes and amen. Hallelujah. It is a done deal. It's been established and accomplished. Now, I'm giving you my faith. And I'm going to... Do you ever pay money and ex, don't, don't get nothing back for it? You know, have you, do you, don't you expect something? Don't you... When you go, you, you get a cert, whatever it is. Don't, aren't you expecting to get something back? I ain't... I must, you know, unless the Lord lays on my heart. To, to bless somebody with some money, to, to bless somebody with some time, to bless somebody with some prayers, whatever it is. But, but I'm, now, understand, I'm not talking about that, okay? Don't say Kelly said that, you know, stay with me, okay? But I, I, I I'm pay some money for something, and I expect something in return. I'm not just flowing around money, you know, you know, not, not thinking I'm going to get something in return. I'm going to get something when I pay my money for something. Well, your faith ought to mean as much to you as your money. Doesn't, you know, really and truly, it ought to mean as much, it ought to mean more. I am giving my faith and I expect a return on my faith. Hallelujah, God. And you know what? God ain't, God, that, don't, that don't cause God no problems. He wants you. In fact, he said, come on, ask me. Come on, believe. I got stuff for you. Come on. Come on and believe. Come on and give me some faith. Because I got something to give you for it. I've, I've already, I'm my, my Lord Jesus. Why would God put Jesus to the whipping post? Why would he nail him to a tree and make him cursed? If he didn't have something to give to us. If he didn't want to give us something for what he did. Hallelujah. That's his whole goal. That's what he got in mind. Aren't we? Am I? Lord Jesus, don't let me. Don't let me just spurn what you did, Father. The sacrifice that you paid. Oh, Lord Jesus, let me grab a hold of this with both hands. Jump in. Just jump on in to the deep end. Father God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see where I was at. God, that was a Holy Ghost thing. Hallelujah. Thank you. A faith, 
a right now faith, a faith that believes all things have been signed, sealed, and delivered to us by Jesus Christ, a faith that refuses to see things as they are in the natural realm, but as they are in the finished works of Jesus. How are they in the finished works of Jesus? They're done. They're finished. They're accomplished. A faith that sees things as God has said, has said, not is going to say, but has he has said and already done. Hallelujah. Our faith and trust in God has, has said and done is our part. That's what our part is. And it's our part of walking out our promised land. Every one of us has a promise. I ain't talking about dying and go to heaven now. I'm talking about we've got a walk to walk right here on this earth. Every one of us. And it, it looks different for each person. Some people have, have issues in their lives that I don't have. And I got issues in my life, things that you don't have. So my walking out my promised land looks a little different than yours. Now, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow. It's a picture for us to look at. Everything that was from Genesis to Malachi pointed to the promise. Everything pointed to what was the promise? Y'all know that. What was the promise it pointed to? Jesus. Everything. All the promises, all the word of God, everything that was promised to the children of Israel, all pointed, and for us, pointed to Jesus. So that was before the cross. That was on that side of the cross, the promised side of the cross. The promised. Not yet happened, right? Now everything on this side of the cross is the factual truth side of the cross. The cross is the dividing line. The cross divides the Old Testament from the New Testament. The cross makes the promise, what was promised now in Jesus is fulfilled. We live on this side of the cross. We lived on the fulfilled, accomplished Factual truth cannot be changed, cannot be altered side of the cross. But everything that happened before is a type and a shadow that we can learn from, we can look at and, and, and grow from. And we can look at the stories of the children of Israel and we can see what to do and what not to do. So I'm going to give you a picture of this, what I'm talking about. In Joshua, the first chapter, the third verse, God said this. He said, I will give you, I will give you every place you set your foot. I will give you every place where you set your foot. He didn't say where I set my feet. He said, I'll give you every place where you set your foot. As 
I have promised. Now, if I'm sure all of y'all have studied there. Maybe there's some here that really haven't done a lot of studying about the children of Israel when they went into the, the promised land. God, when he was talking to you in, in chapters uh, 13 through 23, if, if you've ever read that, it's really kind of a hard read through there because I ain't never been over to Israel and I don't know this brook from that brook and this crag and mountain and, you know, turn and, you know. But, but it's a picture. He's, he is uh, painting, he's drawing out a topography map for each tribe. And he said, this is your boundary. This is where your promised land is. It goes from here to here, over to the river, over to the sea, up to the mountain, down to the valley, whatever, you know. He gives you a total picture. He described meticulously. I mean, they, there's no question in my mind that they couldn't have understood where he was telling them was what was lined out for them and going somewhere with this. What was painted out, pointed out, drawn out for them. And he said, everywhere your foot, everywhere you put your foot will be yours, as I have promised. Now, I want y'all to answer me. Did he define their promised land for them? Did he spell it out? Did he give him clear instructions? What did they have to do? They had to put their feet to it. It is a picture of, of what we have to do. Now, he hasn't drawn out a natural boundary line for us. He hasn't painted a, a, a physical landscape topography for us. But he has given us boundaries. He has given us lines of demarcation. He has painted a picture for us with his word in his factual truths, our promised land. He's told us. What has he told us? I took on poverty so that you might be rich. He has told us, by my stripes, you were healed. He has told us that I was put and hung on a cross and took the curse so that you don't have to live subject to the curse. Isn't that a drawing out of the lines of what our right now walking in, living in, day-to-day promised land ought to look like, ought to have happening in it. So what's, what is our part? Walk it out. I'm going to walk it out. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to add my feet to the fire. I'm going to believe. I'm going to declare. I'm going to trust. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not backing up. I'm not changing course. I'm not getting over here somewhere else outside of the boundary lines that God has drawn with his word, bought with his blood, sealed in his blood, told me what I could have. 
Hallelujah. Told me what is mine. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to walk it out until it's manifested. Right now, I will see God's goodness in the land of the living. Hallelujah. I'm not going to wait till I die to see the goodness of God manifested, to see the promises of God completed in my life. I'm going to do it right now. Hallelujah. Right here where I am right now, every step of the way. Let me, t- let me just share this story a little bit more with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't think I was as long-winded as Pastor Bruce, but I am. Woo. <laughs> we love you, Pastor. We love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is a picture. They had to walk across its length and breadth with their own feet. We have to walk across the length and the breadth of our own promised land. The ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, the ins and the outs. We got to walk it all out with faith in an unfailing God, in, an, in the factual truths that he has already done for us. But let me tell you the rest of the story with the children of Israel. You know, after all they seen done, after everything that God had done for them, after everything that he promised, they never walked across more than one-third of the land. God had mapped it out. They had seen him over and over and over again do stuff that they couldn't do themselves. They, but they stopped short. They never, they never set their feet on more than one-third of their promised land. They left two-thirds out there. Two-thirds of the promises. Two-thirds. Lord God, don't let that be me. Oh, Father God. And when they left that part, that much of the land, unpossessed, unconquered, what came with it? The ites. Trouble. Lies. Deceivers. Stealing, killing, destroying. Taking, I mean, you, if y'all have ever read the Old Testament, after they went, especially judges, after they went in there, they didn't finish what they were doing. They had fight after fight after fight after fight. They're, here they come, going to steal their, they planted the harvest. Here come the ites to steal their harvest. Hope y'all are hearing what I'm saying. They, they did all, they did this work, but they, they had trouble on every hand. Because why? They didn't walk out and possess all of what had been promised. And I'm telling you, I'm, let me say it this way. I'm telling me, I'm going to take y'all out of it. Take y'all out of it. I'm telling me. If I don't possess everything God has bought and paid for, I'm going to have strife. I'm going to have contention. I'm going to have stealing and killing and destroying going on in my life. 
I've got to possess the promises. I've got to believe in what God has already done and walk it out in faith. Walk it out with my own faith. Take it out of, of God's word and into my heart, seeing it manifested in my life so that I am the overcomer. What do I overcome by? The word of my testimony and the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. The word of my testimony is to speak and say what God has already said. Say what already belongs to me. Hallelujah. And the blood of the lamb confirms it. I'm not just shouting in the wind, whistling Dixie, just saying something to be saying something. I'm saying something God has already said. And already said it's been signed, sealed, and delivered in the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Why, why won't... I need to do what God has said I can do. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I want all that Jesus has done to be manifested in my life. I don't want to leave two-thirds, one-third, a half, seven-eighths of the land that God has promised me. I don't want to leave it undone. I don't want to leave it hanging out there. I don't want to get to the end of my life and God said, but I had this. I had this. Why didn't you believe me for that? I had it for you. I told you I had it in the word. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's not just for me. It's for my family. It's for those that are attached to me. For those that, that I care about. Those people that I don't even know yet. That will come across my path and that I'll, I'll, I'll come into contact with and create a relationship so that they can see. Man, just like Paul said. He said, I, I ain't going through all this just for my benefit, y'all. It's for you. So you'll see, you'll know. The gospel that lives in me can live in you. The truth that God has brought into my life can be in your life. Oh, I want to leave that kind of legacy. I want to live that kind of legacy for others, for my family, for the people who know me. I want to overcome circumstances so that I can give somebody else courage that they can do it too. Not on my own. Not through my own strength, but because of the immutable, unchangeable things of God that he has already established. Oh, let me grab a hold of this, Jesus. Let me grab a hold of it and take it into my life like, uh, like Pastor says, like never before. So that it becomes a reality in me. God's word is not promises that haven't been fulfilled. This word... New Testament on. We see the promises in the Old Testament. But this word, every promise in this word, has indeed become a fact and is a truth that is finished in the finished works, the completed finished works of Jesus. God has said so. Not only has he said so, but he has done so. <sighs> Glory to God. He said it and he did it. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said it and he did it. I, you know, there's, you find that, that's not, you don't find that a lot today. Somebody saying what they say, doing what they say. But God, he says it and he did it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He has spoken and he has fulfilled. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, um, part of what he has promised us is salvation. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of the promised land. It's the gate. It's the, in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our earthly experience, it's that pearly gate that opens wide for us to experience heaven on earth. So I want to take a few minutes. If you out there on social media, anybody in here that has never walked through those gates, never walked through the gates of salvation, that's where you start. That's where you begin to have this experience come into your life that you can take hold of every good thing that God has promised. You have to have a starting place. That's where you start. So just if we could... um, Just say this prayer with me. Any of you out there on social media that are watching that have not taken the opportunity to walk through the gates of salvation, to ask Jesus, this one that did all this stuff for you, this one that had his body broken and his blood shed so that you could experience all the good things of God. If you've never done that, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. So if we just say this simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came. You lived a life of perfection. You went to the whipping post, to the cross for me. You carried my sins to the cross and they were nailed there I receive what you've done for me I ask you to live in my heart I ask you to be the Lord of my life I believe that you rose again and you're seated with the Father thank you Jesus for what you did for me thank you Lord I receive it in Jesus name Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are a part of the family of God. We welcome you into the family of God. Hallelujah. We have some materials here at the church that we would love to send you and give you. You've got contact information on Facebook page. You can contact us here at Passion Church or passionchurch.com. You can come by the church if you live in the area. We would love to help you on your way and give you these materials. If you live in the area close by enough to drive, please come and join us and be with us. Be around people who will love you and minister into your life, disciple you, give you a place to grow, and you can become a part of this family. We'd love to love on you. And and so we just welcome you and we thank you for joining with us. Now for the rest of us and, and now that you're a family now that you're part of the family, you can say you can say this declaration with me. Y'all say this declaration with me. God has said so. 
God has said so. And he has done so. And he has done so. He has spoken. He has spoken. And he has fulfilled. And he has fulfilled. He has given me. He has given me. His word. His word. Which he will not break. Which he will not break. His sure word of truth. His sure word of truth. I won't question it. I won't question it. But I will trust it absolutely. But I will trust it absolutely. I have his truth. I have his truth. In fact, I have even more. In fact, I have even more. I have him. I have him. Who confidently speaks the words. Who confidently speaks the words. I will trust in him. I will trust in him. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. Glory to God. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just glorify your name. We thank you today. We honor you, sir. We thank you, God, for what you have done. More than just salvation. Oh, that's our entrance into your kingdom. But we thank you for the promised land that you have mapped out for us with your factual truths that you've already done and said that they are ours. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we will not stop. We will walk in faith. We will walk out every bit of our promised land and receive everything you've said in your word. You've accomplished and established in your word. Through Jesus, that is ours. And we give you glory and honor and praise. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy, Lord. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. And everybody who can agree with that, said amen. Hallelujah. Now we just bless our, our people out in social media. We thank you for joining in with us, whether it's Facebook or um, on the podcast later or YouTube. As our pastors say, you be at rest because you are so very, very blessed. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. 